Welcome back to the Mixforge podcast. Uh, so this is season two, episode two, or series two, episode two. Uh, this is part two of our mine and Neil's chat about uh, Stephen Slate and Slate Digital and how it's impacted us here at the Old Blacksmiths. I'm going to apologise again for my audio quality in this episode. Something went wrong with my mic input and it was the webcam audio that picked up me instead but never mind. Um, so let's just dive straight back into our conversation about Slate. Here we go. So, so so far, we've spoken about basically Slate in a very much post-production sense. Yes. So we, we realized our mixing wasn't at the level we wanted. We found Slate and Slate helped us really set us on a path to get our mixing real top quality to a place where we you know, I really value what we do. And um, but there is. There is a journey. There, what happened next was more on the front end, the recording side of things. I think we then found the next thing we kind of thought, okay, well, our mixes are getting better. You know, we, we've jumped a big step thanks to Slate and the Olax and the plugins and those tutorials and hard work. Let's not forget, we just, spent, well, we went well, back and mixed, remixed a lot of stuff just I've, using these. A friend of ours, we because we, you know, I just love all this stuff, and I would just talk to anyone about it. Friends who don't really care, <laughs> you're like, no, no, you don't understand. And a friend of ours in music said, "Well, if everyone can do that, like if anyone can get the all access pass and anyone can follow the tutorial, then why can't everyone be really great at mixing?" And I think he actually asked you that question, didn't he? Yeah. So I'll let you. Yeah. You've still got to know what you're doing. Yeah, and it's still years and years of education. Yeah, of and... Educate and application. Yeah. And I could watch a tutorial on how to change a car engine and someone give me all the parts. I, I still won't be able to change that engine. I'll still mess it up. I'll still completely. mess it up and the car <laughs> well, won't work. Won't have a working car at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be disappointed, basically. So key... If you've got a drive to make, you're not going to make it. The key thing is, is what, you've got the tools and someone's showing you how to do it, but then you've got to be able to apply it in your situation and 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 learn why you're doing something. That's the thing. Like, oh, yeah, you could just unscrew this and do that. Yeah, but why? Well, because that will send the petrol into the... <laughs> cool, okay. You've been watching some tutorials, haven't you? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there is no reason why people can't do well, it, but you've got to do it. Try, try thousand time and hours, effort. Yeah. Time million effort. hours dedicating your life to it, really. It's an art. It is an art. And it's, yeah. and, and it's so hard. Here's some paint and a canvas and a photo. Why can't everyone paint like Da yeah. Vinci? Well, yeah. course, you know. But yeah. hard work, hard work get, is, is, gets you so far. Yeah. And I think we've always been quite good at pushing ourselves and 
you know, before Slate, ways of... before Slate, we were working hard, but it was directionless. We, we, we didn't, you know, like I'm reading articles in Sound on Sound that are contradicting what this top producer says or what this top producer says contradicts what this top producer says. So I don't, don't, I don't know whether to put a high pass on overheads or not, because this one's yes. saying to do it, this one's saying not. And then it's learning, learning why. Well, 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 if you do it, this is what it brings out. If you don't do it, this is what. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, you know, to say again, it was going, OK, well, actually, we can do all this stuff on on what we're currently tracking. So that's not holding us back as maybe as much as we thought in, in, yeah. in terms of actually recording. But we then thought, well, OK, well, what else is there we can improve? And a vocal microphone was, I think, became on our on our radar. A really yeah. good one. A client brought one in. I can't, I don't know what it was. I think you know what it was. Was it and a it, Neumann? It was a Neumann that had its own power pack, sort of one of them, like, proper couple of grand, sort of. Might have been a 67. But it essentially, yeah, it comes with a valve. It's a valve microphone. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, you just you, you you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this this <laughs> shits on every any any microphone we've got, no matter what we can do in the mix. <laughs> fundamentally, this is just awesome different quality, level. different level yeah. for especially for vocals, which are so key. Yeah. Um. So then it was like, well, let's do some research, and obviously budget constraints, and it was like we could maybe stretch to a fifteen hundred quid microphone, but then you're kind of limiting yourself to that microphone and but we knew it would it would be an improvement and then i think it was a conversation with ash who had a uh, slate yeah. ml1 microphone that he was using in his home studio i believe and this was the first microphone that slate <clears throat> slate brought out and we were like he he said oh and you can emulate different microphones with it using software we were like oh okay so we checked it out and it's essentially it's it's a decent large condenser microphone i think it was around the 800 pound mark yeah but with it you then use software to emulate different microphones and we were potentially we were a bit skeptical okay yeah, yeah again uh, is this uh, a gimmick thing does it right. really work it's right to be skeptical and it sounds a bit bullshitty even when you say it there yeah um but we had the trust in slate we, we did have like, this well, trust in slate well he's not we yeah he's done us well so far those emulations of those compressors are pretty yeah. good like and the deal was it came with its own preamp and the reason being that preamp kept the signal essentially it's like a pure line signal that doesn't have any of its own color it has to be a really great microphone that captures the sound in a very clean way yeah. along with a preamp that doesn't color the sound but just captures yeah. it like a blank canvas so and that's that, a lot these, of money these emulations can color it with color the it. harmonics and the distortions and yeah. the, the frequency response that the best microphones ever made do. yeah should we put it in context? Because we we spoke about on an earlier podcast the move from the old upstairs 
studio to the downstairs. Yeah. So that was happening, wasn't it? And no. No? No. I don't think that was happening at the time. I either we had thought about we so so the, the the raven and the how much we put into the new studio hadn't come up at this point maybe the idea of moving downstairs had yeah but this was just still purely searching for a better vocal microphone yeah and it was like well this microphone is it's, it's not going to break the bank we can definitely afford one but is the emulation thing a yeah. gimmicky is it going to work is it is it going to be worth it you know we trust ash and and we 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 read up and i think even you know there was, there was a sound on, on sound, sound on sound, sound we were sound like article. we wanted to think this was shit but it's really good like they were like they, they it's did not shootouts yeah. and they were like it's 95 percent accurate yeah. some mics we can't tell the difference between the emulation and the real microphone but it's it's decent it works and it's not a gimmick it's not a gimmick and we i wanted to believe that because you know we we trust in 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 slate we trust um yeah and then the next question became well what if we got two of them because what if we got one for vocals well what else could we use it on yeah acoustic guitars acoustic guitars not yeah cabs but not that's not hugely the sort of microphone you but one thing we knew was weak was our overhead microphones. Yeah. Which was, were like they the Rode? Rode NT1As, yeah. We'd never... Which is a fairly budget... How much? I think it's like they? about 120, 130. Yeah. One of them was mine that I recorded the Betamax yeah. EP. There you go, 150. Ah, inflation. So it's, you know, they're, they're not terrible microphones, but they're not really high quality yeah. And when you're trying to capture a drum kit and cymbals in this real top quality environment, that's they, they're, they're not going to get you that. They're going to get you so far, but no yeah. further. So we'd never. So the question had... was like, well, okay, well, what if we had two Slate M ones, and then that's our overheads, and we've got one, then we can use on, you know, vocals and acoustic, and then it became a question of well. I think at the time the MO1s came with their own sort of single channel preamp. And then I saw that Slate had an eight channel, a VRS eight designed to be used with these microphones. And it was like, okay, I could get one of them. And there was a deal on at the time. If you bought a VRS eight, you got a free ML1 microphone. So it was like, well, okay, we were having a bit of trouble with our antelope, USB interface and it was like well what have we got two of these VRS8 so we've got 16 channels is that enough and then we'll get three two three two free ML1 microphones and obviously these preamps are quite pricey but then not long after as well came the ML2 microphone which is the smaller sort of pencil mic which enables you to sort of cover the dynamic microphones yeah, so a it's whole a, other. So it's 57s, SM7s, D112s, 404s, sorry, yeah. 414s. The large condenser microphones, the ML1s, are designed for vocals, acoustic guitars, you know, overheads, but not for putting on a snare drum yeah. or, or really putting in front of a guitar cab. And so that's why Slate developed them, was these, these yeah. To, to and these capture. sort of pencil mics, these ML2s, 
were at the time 150 quid each yeah and then i can't remember i don't know if you can remember but i i don't think we just got an ml1 on its own first no no so this is it does tie in with moving downstairs yeah. just literally november right you'd ordered the ml1s and we were super excited and this was in about november they were meant to be arriving in november but you must have already put in motion that the new studio was going to be built in the December. So we were basically, at some point, we'd planned all the move downstairs and a big part of it was going to be these Slate microphones because the idea yeah. was, well, if we're moving into this sick new studio and we also have this opportunity to get these sick new microphones... So you'd ordered the ML1s and they were meant to be arriving before the new studio. Yeah. But there was a big old delay. Like, they were just so popular, I think. They it just kept getting delayed and delayed. Yeah. And I, when... I remember I've, I had to recently check for something, but I purchased... So this... No, this is the key. We got the VRS8s and used them upstairs. Right. Yeah, okay. But we had no we, microphones. We, no. And we were meant to get the microphones with them. And that was the summer of 2018. Yeah. And we didn't move down until yeah. December 2019. Yes. No. No. Uh, 2018. 2018, but it was like January yeah. 2019. At and, some uh, point as well. So, yeah, it was like, okay, well, yeah, these microphones sparked the real instigation of really making the new studio something special and another thing with that i'll, I'll quickly go on to it is the, the 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 raven slate raven dual screen so we uh, mentioned it on an earlier podcast and yeah we? we spoke about the move and i mentioned it earlier in this podcast when i spoke about mixing desks being the centerpiece yeah of studio so this is two 27 inch screens they sit in this lovely you know, custom sort of desk. They're tilted back. They're fully touchscreen. They just look amazing. And you can move your faders with your fingers and, and the plugins. There's, and there's a batch command, which gives you shortcuts for Pro Tools and things like that. And I was just like, I saw the, the Raven and I was like, that's, that's the way I want to go. Yeah. I want to have this. It's quite big. But I was like, this will be the focal visual point. It looks you, impressive. You, you need it. You need that centerpiece because if you're not going to go down the mixing desk route, we had this. If you don't, you're just a guy sitting at a computer. <laughs> and it's and I remember when I first started Blacksmiths, it was a tiny little custom black desk with one screen on it and yeah. a PC. And that was it. Yeah. And I think seeing the Raven and, and being a, a, a lover of sort of new tech, and also as well, we'd, we'd been down, we'd, we were, we trusted Slate and I was like, okay, I think that's, that's the way I want to go, was to go, yeah, let's, fuck it, let's go all in with, and I think it was having that confidence and belief and going, I think this is the future, I think this is the way it's going to go, you know, we could go down the vintage route, we could go down and get that one microphone, but it was like, I think, I'm going to put all my eggs in the slate basket mm. and and just have that, yeah, that big central dual touchscreen. I love the technology of it. I love what Batch Command can do. Okay, and we, we, we trust 
these microphones. So I'm just going to get all of them. I'm going to. Yeah, if we're moving downstairs, the point of moving downstairs is we're taking the studio to whole new levels. Well, yeah. part of that is improving the microphones you've got. Yeah. Huge part. So we've improved. Earlier on, I was talking about the acoustics, not. And I was like, if I'm going to improve the acoustics of the room, if I'm going to improve these microphones, if I'm going to get these VRS8s for the 16 channel preamps, I'm going to get the Raven and I'm going to yeah. have this spaceship looking sort of big digital control console. It looks, the control room looks so good that both Slate Digital and Avid Pro Tools have shared photos. They've posted it on their social, yeah, and because said, check out, you know, here's our, here's our Raven in a in a in the Blacksmiths in Portsmouth, UK, you know, because it just looks stunning. And that was the snowball of, oh, what's this ML1? To, I've got three ML1s, fourteen ML2s, the Slate, the Raven Dual Console, a completely designed studio, and a lot of money spent. But it was that, okay, yeah, if we're going to do it, we're, we're, we're going to do it properly and go was down a this route. There yeah. was a confidence because you're like, well, we know what we're doing. Our mixing's gone to a whole new level. We trust in Slate. We've really discussed and thought about yeah. this. And that was it. It was going, okay, we, we've got better mixing. So if we can, we know the, the physical limitations of the studio and the microphones we used to have, that's not holding us back anymore. So we've now elevated the mixing and mastering via hard work and software. So now can we make even 5% gains yeah. on the physical stuff, the microphones, the room, the acoustics. Plus also going, I just want it to visually look amazing and appealing. And for us to just have a really nice space to work. Yeah. And so, that, was, that was key, really, was, was so, all that stuff. So, so what happened was the new the new studio opened in January 2019 with the Raven, lovely and every, but the microphones there'd just been a delay on them. I think it was demand, and I yeah. remember it was like a couple of months. It was I was just like we had this new studio, but we were still having to use the old microphones, and it was just like I cannot wait. And then the ML2s turned up first. Yeah, so there was an issue, I think I'm right, so there was only one UK stockist at the time, SX Pro, and there was a demand issue, yeah, with, with the ML1s, um, of just getting stock out, and then while we were waiting, probably about six to eight months for these ML1s, they changed the deal, and they said, you don't get a free ML1 now with the VRS8, you get two ML2s. But I'd placed my order six months before. Yeah. And I was like, I still want my MO1s. And they were trying to not give them to me. I was like, but I essentially signed a contract. I paid. You yeah. need to deliver on what you've promised. And eventually I bought a third one. And then miraculously two free ones appeared. Yeah. But, but anyway, I remember the day the ML2s arrived. Yeah. You're like, Neil, the MO2s have been delivered. And we, so this is that sceptical thing, because we were like, right, now we test. And we set your drum kit up. Yeah. And it was like, so the idea, got this little ML2 pencil microphone. You know, we mic'd up the whole drum kit with them. And we had an AKG D112 
classic kick drum microphone, didn't we? Yeah. And this ML2 simulates that microphone. So we're going to put the two together and record it and see, does it, does this work? Yeah. And I just remember like recorded it and I was like, I mean, not only does it work, it's, it's, it's better. It's better. <laughs> it just sounds better. This yeah. kick drum mic, what, regardless of what you do, this ML2 kick drum mic sounds better than this kick drum mic. Yeah. And it's flexible because I can change like yeah. how it sounds. And then the same with the snare. Yeah, with a real 414 and a and emulated 414 and 57. Do you remember the toms? So oh. recording toms, we don't the only option we never really had was SM57s, a noble microphone, a a fucking great microphone. But limits how good a tom sound you can get because they sound fine, a little bit boxy. And there's the classic Sennheiser. What are they called, Ben? So bad with names. No. Can't. Oh, here we go. What is it? It's like a square microphone. 904. Does that ring a bell? 421. 421. 421. 421. That's the one. I think that's it. There'll be people going, no, it's not your prick. It's... Anyway, there's <laughs> a classic, rings a bell. It's a classic Tom microphone, which is like, a, if you watch like old Queen videos, you'll see Roger Taylor's my, um yeah, drum kit mic'd like, up with yeah. them and it's a big square microphone and the reason it became a staple for tom is because it just has this quality of it just sounds like what a tom should sound like yeah so we put the ml2s on and the simulation simulated these microphones and it was like night and day wasn't it it yeah. was just ah oh, there's the tom sound i've been trying to capture for years and then you couple that with putting the virtual mix rack on and using the is it the FGN EQ? Yes, yeah. The to Brit, sculpt it, Brit and EQ, you're like, yeah. oh, that that's what we've been searching for for yeah. years. Uh, but yeah, uh, eventually we we got all these. We eventually got the M O ones, and that was a good day. Neil, the M O ones are here. <laughs> oh, yeah, and those those microphones are just so good, and and like like the. Again, we had to spend a bit of time going, okay, you've got, we've got all these emulations of all these different microphones. We need to, you know, learn the characteristics of each one. And Slate had given sort of like a synopsis of each microphone. Like, this one's quite good on these things, and this is its sort of quality. And you sort of listen through, and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I can sort of hear. And then just naturally over time, you just your ears get better at, at hearing what each emulation does. And... And, and so you can sort of pick and choose what microphone, but the ability, the key thing is, is you cho you can choose your microphone in post-production. Which so you is can a, stick a one leap on for forward. The, yeah. So you it? can, rather than having to do a mic shoot out with a different, with a, a, a vocalist and then track it, you put up the ML1, you record it, and then in post, you can choose what microphone you want with the clarity of, you know, you've got, not you've in got the it in context. You've got yeah. it in context. You've got everything yeah. there. And uh, and a key and one I, as well with snare drums, you stick one ML2 on top on the, the snare top, post production, duplicate it, use two mics. So so classically to try and get what what a lot of engineers would do, what we did, you, you put like an SM57 and a 414, which is quite a, a square sort of clunky, expensive microphone, which we had one, and then one day a drummer smashed it, and it kind of got demolished 
because uh, it's quite a big microphone and you'd blend the two together but it was very fiddly and in a way it's not perfect there's a phase difference between those two microphones because they're not going to be exactly so being able to have this virtual microphone i say it, it is a real microphone it's not a virtual yeah. microphone, it's one microphone but then you can duplicate it in pro tools and simulate different microphones it's just so much easier and you've got yeah. so much more control and it's ridiculous you put you know we tend to use the the mo1s as overheads and an mo1 as you know an ambient and then pretty much the rest especially on a drum kit it's all mo2s yeah on the kick snare toms hi-hat ride ambience i mean it's the best drum sound we we've ever got yeah from using these mics and it's just crazy that it's even like the mo2s it's these tiny little pencils just capture a drum kit so well and these emulations are just so good and that versatility and big 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 game changer for us really wasn't it yeah and i think the future of recording longer term that is the way it will go i i believe because of those post and the affordability affordability and yes it's not cheap it's not cheap no but those ML1s are regularly on sale for sort of $500, 500 quid, and you're emulating mics that are $10,000, 30000 priceless, you know, and you've kind of got 15 of them in the locker. It's, it's, it's a bit of a no-brainer, and I think we, we took a bit of a punt, but we had faith in, in, in Slate and what they were doing. I'm very pleased we sort of went down that, that path, really, and... And it, it set us on that path of going, okay, well, let's build a new studio and let's, yeah, let's let's go all in. And and I don't want to say like early adopters of it, but I feel like we were pretty on the, yeah. not far into the, those that, that tech being released that, that we sort of jumped on board and I took the, the leap of, okay, yeah, we're going to go all in with the virtual mics. We're going to get the VRS-8s for the preamps that we need to use them and we're going to go for the the big touchscreen raven system you know and coupled with that was was a new computer and just everything else that that went into to this new studio and yeah sort of very pleased visually and and what we the output and we we made gains we made gains in all those areas acoustics of the room microphones preamps and we the mixing had a big jump with the all excess pass and we've just continued to increase the toolbox yeah and uh, and just get better at, at, at using improve the, improve the foundation but and that's think, not the no yeah well this is i think the last thing to not the end of, now the, the, the end of the chain is the monitoring not, there's believe it or not there's more slate gushing to be done and in some ways you could argue the most important part you could you could like again such such a huge change in how you go about making music and a huge change in the quality of what you end up with and, and we was... are both wearing them right now yeah they are such a staple part of my life if i was to break these i would immediately go out and buy some new ones that's how important they are to my day-to-day -day working life. Yeah, we are we talking about the VSX headphones. So again, because we're avid Slate followers, you know, avid. we 
Uh, we'd, we, li- we are literally avid slates. Uh, such a nerdy joke. Anyway, we won't even explain it. Um, we're like, oh, okay, slates re- releasing soon. He's going to release these headphones. Well, I remember the teaser video. Right. There was a little teaser, and we didn't know what it was, but it was something to do with speak speakers out oh because i remember thinking and there was a rumor that it was going to be essentially virtual monitors yeah speakers it was going to be speakers that would then emulate different speakers different speakers bit like the microphones bit like the microphones but the other end of the chain and then it was revealed it's not going to be speakers it's going to be headphones and it's the vsx headphones we're fully in so like we're in the new studio we're using the microphones we're using the raven the vrs8 preamps we're fully in <laughs> and it's like uh, okay what, uh, what and also it's the timing of it was like we're we're, we're in and, and but I, I i i had said like i think the next step for us is to improve our speakers yeah and i'd said to you like per, on a personal level like be mixing in the studio and I just, even though we have the subwoofer and we have a good control room with great acoustics and good speakers without being real yeah, top so end we, speakers. We used KRK VXT8s with a matching sub. And I bought these speakers actually before I owned the Blacksmith. I bought them for my bedroom studio. Uh, way too big <laughs> for the bedroom <laughs> studio. But I guess in my head, I had the thought that one day I'd move out into another space blacksmiths or not so uh, i took the punt and really good studios uh, sorry really good speakers you know yeah not incredible uh, but good really good but i and so i'd been mixing on them and i just felt i i the only way i could describe it is that i felt the low end was just hazy so yeah, got the cloudy, sub, yeah cloudy just a bit like i haven't got full confidence in what i'm doing in the low end and i i'd like to say as well like we had the studio designed by an acoustic by a studio designer but the rooms were pre-built it was the old rehearsal rooms at the back which we've mentioned before so he said i could do a job but because i'm not building the rooms from the ground up there will be certain limitations but we can certainly get you to a point where you can definitely yeah. work and it will be better than what you currently have yeah which definitely so, yeah. Definitely did. I mean, the, the the room before was just this big echoey rehearsal it's room, a big rectangle, big cube, yeah. <laughs> and now it's like this lovely little tight sounding room. Yeah, and we also reference shout those. out to the the carpenters who the nailed builders it. who nailed it. it literally. I mean, it's phenomenal job. And we had a reference boombox, didn't we? Which sat. Yeah. I'm looking at you now in the studio, and to your left, it, it sat this little boombox. So we just switched to it. And be like okay that's what kind of what it's the mix is going to sound very high and we the car check was very important yeah because it's key to listen to your mixes on different systems because whilst it sounds good on you know not everyone has krks in their living room so you need you mix on something then you need to reference it on other systems and the car is always a good one just because you spend so much time listening to music in there and they usually have pretty good systems and you know ipod headphones and yeah, like a boombox to hear what it's like through non-studio quality speakers. So anyway, Slate eventually released these headphones and we were very, we didn't, we were like, I, I remember saying to you, I was like, I, I think we need to get these. Like, it's not really, a, I, I think we just need to get them. I'm 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be skeptical again when they arrive. I'm not just going to trick myself into thinking they're really great when they're not. But I know he ain't releasing them unless they're really great. Yeah. And the premise behind them is, you know, they're they're headphones. But they're not they're not normal headphones. They have some sort of special, I think, binaural yeah. setup in them. So if you listen to normal stuff for them, it sounds rubbish. But then what Slate have done is there's software that comes with them and they've emulated multiple studios, multiple sets of headphones, an audiophile, you know, high-end hi-fi system, cars, a nightclub, and essentially at the click of a button, you can hear what your mix sounds like in these environments. And Through different, I don't think you even said speakers. And different so, speakers. So within, yeah. you know, I think at the start there were three studios, maybe four, with a near field, midfield, and far field speakers, and you could click through the so you could be in NRG studios and flick between this near field, midfield, and far field, and you can physically hear the sound coming from the different part of the room. So it's not when you listen to stuff normally on headphones, you've got it pure left and right in your ears did, when you first started doing music production yeah like did you because most people start just using headphones because they don't have the speakers and i used to love working on headphones because i felt i could hear with real clarity what's going on it really put me in the zone yeah but then i was finding like oh my mixes are dog shit <laughs> for <laughs> many reasons but one reason being that if you just mix on headphones You've just got a pure left-right. You're not yeah. hearing how that music interacts in a room, which is mm. how most music... Were you the same? Did you start working on headphones? I, I pretty quickly bought some little monitors. Nothing special. They might, might have been M-Audio. I don't know. But they were like, you know, 150 quid or something. I lived in a flat at the time when I first started with Logic in London, and I... I definitely did use monitors, but I used headphones if it was later at night. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. But I was never, I don't think I, I, I enjoyed headphones. Yeah, for just that closeness of, but I don't think I, I don't think I knew anything. So I don't think I knew either way. So I think you're taught that like, like you'd read a sound on the sound article saying like, don't mix on headphones because it's not going to translate to the real world. It's not going to translate to your car or to yeah. speak a hi-fi because you're not getting an accurate sense of what the stereo field's doing or like a lot of headphones will really accentuate the bass because they're sort of DJ headphones and that's what they yes. are. I so, do think like speaking to sort of younger people who do, you know, stuff at home, I think they, they do mix in headphones. Yeah, I think it's become more and popular, hasn't it? I think they think they're doing it for the right reasons. But actually, it's not the right way to mix. But, you know, these VSX headphones, when you flick through the, the field of speakers, you, you can physically feel the sound move in front of you. So it's not a pure left and right. It's literally like you're sat in the room and they've been designed that you're sat at the engineer's chair. And even the mastering emulation, you can sit where the, you can flick to where the client sat, yeah. not where the engineer sat. And they've, like they've done with the microphones and like they've done with all their plugins, they've emulated how the sound reacts in that room. 
and then they've translated it to these headphones that make you feel like you're in the room. You're actually mixing in that room. So it's a very different sound to just hearing stuff through headphones normally. Yeah. And yeah, I remember like we were fully into Slate at the time and it was like, yeah, okay. And and budgetary wise, it was like, well, they're sort of 500 pounds. And actually we had just, we were in a pandemic. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, remember that old thing. And it was like, you know, not going to lie, had to be incredibly careful of the finances. But it was like, yeah, I think these are going to be the next step for us. And actually, I had an album to mix coming up that we just tracked. And it was like, do you know what? I don't want to mix this album and then get the headphones and then be like, fuck, I should have mixed that entire album on these headphones. So I took a punt and I, 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 I bought them in the first batch that was released. Pretty much, I remember texting you the, the order confirmation. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, 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 something along the lines of, like, and he, he shall provide. Uh. And um, got them and installed the software. And it was like, okay, let's just load up something I've already done. And let's just flick through. And it's like, oh, wow, this is very different. And then I proceeded to, you know, with a going, this is my first time using them. I, I mixed the first track of that album. And um, I, I remember I sent it to you and you were like, yeah, that's well better. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely <laughs> better. And what was interesting was, that's the thing. It's not, they're not something that makes your mix better. You don't just press a button and it makes your mix better. It's just the information you're receiving is better. Makes you make so you choices. you can make your judgments better, and what I found faster, because you're not having to question yourself. Like you were saying about the issues with the low end we found in the control room, <sighs> with those issues, you're like we were kind of going, is that the right level? Is that is that where it should be? Like a, we were give, being given essentially not all the information, so you're yeah. kind of guessing. And with these headphones, it's like, I'm getting all the information. Mm. And so it's like, well, where does my bass need to sit? There. And and you could just find little increments of, you know, dB adjustments on volume. You could hear them. You're not like having to go three or five dB to hear the difference. You're, you're, those increments are so obvious. And you're just getting, yeah, just, it was like seeing in colour. Yeah. It was like moving from even, black and white to colour. Even when choosing the mic, the virtual mic simulation, you'd like, ah, oh, can hear with so much clarity now what, what yeah. these different mic choices and the different, do. And that's the thing, the different tonalities of the compressors and all, all those adjustments you're making, yeah, and the mic emulations. It's like, oh, I can just hear them with a lot more precision now. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to think the first time I... I because you told me how great they were. As you said, we were in a pandemic, so things were not normal. You know, I was not in the studio very much. And I think I was telling my my wife, you know, boring her with all of this. And she went, so if you had them, like, could you do mixing at home? Because that had never, ever been a possibility. Yeah. For many reasons, mainly acoustics of the room and speakers 
along that's it's it's a bit of a you know you open up a can of worms when you think about mixing at home but when you go well if you've got these headphones don't have to worry about the acoustics of the room that i'm mixing in don't have to worry about expensive speakers and can get the same quality as i would if i was in the studio and in a pandemic you're like well i need to be working at home as the rest of the world was sort of thinking so i think i just went fuck it fuck it my life yeah i think i'd I'd (laughs) sort of you know you'd come in and you'd heard them for yourself but i think me mixing that album gate was you were like okay yeah yeah again like we can the, the the small fraction of is this a gimmick we can dismiss that this is really good and and a covid anyway i think you know just made you need to get your home set up yeah a bit more i can't think of the word just, just a bit usable. more robust yeah usable it, you know, so you could you could do stuff and and not have to constantly come into the studio and you could do things and then these headphones it was like well yeah with these headphones you can you you can mix and it there's, there's no it helped limit you, now, you know yeah. you 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 had to do a bit of setup at home with new computer and and just making sure you had the tools you needed and now you mix at home and it sounds fucking amazing <laughs> yeah and yeah. i think these headphones design you know part of their pr was like you can mix anywhere you know photos of a laptop on the beach with the vsx yeah. you know and we haven't mixed at the beach yet but <laughs> i've obviously we use the speakers for tracking sometimes i'll play a mix loud through them just to see but since i got these in 2019 i, I haven't mixed on speakers yeah yeah it's like seeing in color exactly like you said yeah. it's just like oh man and and then a, a thing that's become really important to me was reference tracks so it's like you, you speak to a band and you're like how do you want this mix to sound and or give me some reference tracks and they'll, they'll tell you some bands and then importing that band song into Pro Tools and then hearing it through the Slate BSX headphones. You're like, you can hear all the choices that were made by that top band, that top mixing yeah. engine. And you're like... Okay, Some of this... them would have been done in that studio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and it, it's invaluable. Yeah. And, and it's not... To say you couldn't have done that before the headphones, you could, but you just you just weren't hearing it in as much clarity. Yeah. Um, and it's just taken our mixes up and, another and level. I think the the beauty of the sort of digital thing with it is with the microphones, well, expansion packs. With Trigger, here's some here's some expansion packs for more drum samples from top producers recorded in top studios. The microphones. Here's some mic emulations from Blackbird Studios. They're actual microphones. And very recently with the VSX, the headphones, here's an expansion pack from Mike Dean's studio. And you get these other qualities. And like the All Access Pass plugins, the VMR, the mic emulations, it took time to get to know what these different studio emulations were giving us and you kind of settle on okay the midfield speakers and the nrg studio that's my that's my standard that i'm gonna do the majority of the work with and then i'm gonna reference from that and now it's like okay the mike dean expansion pack for the vsx has come out it's his studio you know and you got the demo and you notice something um 
with his speakers that you were like, oh, okay, this is what this is going to bring to the table. What was that? Yeah, yeah, they, they, he had NS10s, uh, which are a very, they're the, the classic studio speaker, the black ones with the white cones. What they've got, they've just got a brutal mid range. So you could just hear the mid range. So they're not nice sounding speakers. I remember just uh, from years ago, it was like, if it sounds good on NS10s, it sounds good on yeah. anything. Like if now, you can make it sound good on them. Where times have moved on slightly is they've got a really poor low end. So I think in the NRG one, they have NS10s, but Slate said they're matched with a sub as well. So you're sort of getting the NS10s and the lower level. But the Mike Dean NS10s in Mike Dean's room were just like, oh, this is just clarity to another level. Like, I won't mix any low end on them, but snare drum, guitars, you want to hear what's going in that busy, busy mid-range. That's the clearest I've ever heard it. Yeah. And if you can hear it, it means you can mix it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas a lot of speakers and headphones will they'll scoop that mid-range because that's pleasing to the ear. So they'll sound really nice. But if you're trying to figure out what's going on in that mid-range, it makes it harder. So that's why he sucked me in <laughs> with that expansion pack. And that's the, why they've done it. You know, that would be why they've done it. And and again, it's it's another tool in the toolbox. And and I think that's the thing. We We could have spent the money on... We could have spent four times the money on a set of speakers but then we've got those speakers in this room yeah and that's it and there would, so there'd still be so many pitfalls yes we'd make some gains but we'd there'd still be a lot of uh there'd still be issues in translating those mixes into the real world but with these headphones it's like oh yeah i can i can hear in color and these expansion packs can come and and you can just only improve your your arsenal but again, you know, you gotta, you still got to know what you're doing, and you still got to put the hours in. But it just gives you such a better uh, reference point to yeah. to make better decisions, and you can make those decisions faster because you've just got the real, you're you're receiving all the information you need to receive, and that's, you know, that's where we are now. We're that journey from, oh, what's this mastering plugin, <laughs> and oh, it's got this all access pass. Oh, okay, okay, this is tutorial video. Okay, the mixers have got better. Okay, what's this ML1 microphone? Okay, now we've got three ML1s, 14 ML2s, the Raven Dual console in a, in a new studio with 16 channels of VRS8, and now with the Slate VSX as our output. We, and, we, I can, and I can mix at home in my pyjamas. Yeah. <laughs> wow, amazing. Yeah, so, so uh, it, it's been a journey, uh, and... All hail Stephen Slate. Yeah, thanks, The Messiah. Um, keep, keep releasing great products and we will lap them up. Yeah. With, and I, with I, think, I think there's... Um, yeah, it really was... Uh, we, we definitely put ourselves on that Slate path and we committed to it. And not blindly, but all those all those things are, have just are just quality and I do not regret going down the Slate path one bit. And the support team are great, you know, with a few issues in the in the past, and they're really responsive. And I hope you still got that site, that picture of him. Yeah. Gave you. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's kind of our sort of world of 
Slate and how yeah. it's impacted us as a studio and as mixing engineers. And where can they hear these mixes that we are mixes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, oldblacksmiths.com. Go on our website, hit the record page. There's a, there's a big show reel on there of loads of different stuff, but stuff we think's come out really well. Loads of different sort of artists from the south and further afield. We also do have a Spotify playlist. I can link to that as well, where I just add new releases that we've we've done. Find us on Instagram at the Old Blacksmiths, Twitter Old Blacksmiths, Facebook Old Blacksmiths, just Old Blacksmiths, and we do we do put stuff on there. But we'll also put some photos up as well of of the gear. So I got some lovely photos of the M01s and yeah, on the website it's a good show reel of 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 lots of stuff we've done. And I'd probably say now we've had all this stuff long enough that I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure the majority of it has been recorded in the new studio with the Slate mics, mixed with Slate plugins, and mixed with the VSX headphones. I'm pretty confident because I do sort of update it regularly. And it's like, this sounds way better. Let's get rid of one of the songs that was done yeah. on speakers or in the old studio. So. But yeah, there's plenty of stuff out there, and I, 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 you know, I think the important thing is that all these these gains we've made, we've seen uh, the real world evidence that the clients are happier. Yeah. That the clients are like, oh well, like that first impression of when we send a mix to someone, they're like, barring subjective tweaks, which you're always going to have, they're like, oh, this sounds awesome. And that's that's the test. You can trick yourself all you want and think, oh, I've got this new gear. It's amazing. But like, clients don't care what microphones, what yeah. speakers, what headphones, what the acoustics of the room. They just care about you send them that mix and they go, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and there's definitely stuff big... during during COVID. You, you know, when you, you, you got your home set up, up and running properly and you had the VSX and you were mixing at home, you tracked it here. And you'd go mix it at home and you'd send me a, a mix to have a listen to. And it's like, it sounds so good. It's insane to think that you mix this in your attic. Yeah. You just yeah. C- couldn't conceive of that a few years ago. No. That, that and quality. Now it's, it's the norm for me. That's what's yeah. so bizarre. But it's yeah. so good. But we'll leave it there. But oldblacksmiths.com. Um, go and check out, check out what we do. And we'll do another episode very soon and we briefly touched on it the pandemic and its impact on us as a studio and us as recording and mixing engineers because it was a tricky time but i think an important one you know yeah but yeah nice one mate i'll speak to you soon speak soon all right bye bye <laughs>